I've had to honestly write down what I thought society or specific people have wanted out of me and say, okay, is that in alignment with me or not? Because if not, I'm letting it go. Am I in pursuit of the person I want to become? And that is my cursor. I'm only competing with myself. year was 2020 and I found myself in the middle of the forest at a survival school with eight strangers I'd honestly never met before led by an ex-Navy SEAL. And this ladies and gentlemen is how I met Kelly. Today we talk about everything from how to find joy, trusting yourself, to seeing Mount Everest. Episode 47 with Kelly Bacon begins now. What motivated you, inspired you, uh, piqued your interest of going to the uh, the middle of the woods, the mountains with a bunch of strangers you'd never met before for a weekend long survival school? I believe it was through the podcast, through the Ritual podcast. I heard this Navy SEAL talking about how he was taking people out in the woods and it was completely unknown. I didn't know what to expect. Um, I'd only flown with family, friends or for work. I'd never done something like this where I would fly to a location I've never been in my life with a bunch of strangers that I've never met before, and I have no clue what I'm going to do over the weekend. Um, And the version of me at that point had a lot of control and a lot of set things in my life, and I needed the unknown more than I thought I did. Um, I really needed to step into the wilderness more than I thought I did. So one night, I'm pretty sure it was very late at night. <laughs> I was like, well, you know what? I'm, I'm going to take my shot. And I'm, I'm pretty sure I, I ended the email with, uh, you miss 100% of the shots you don't take, Wayne Gretzky, Michael Scott. <laughs> um, and, uh, you know, I, I, I sent it and I waited and hoped I would get selected to be one of the eight to go out there. And I was really, really happy when I got the email that I was. You've been on a lot of trips since then. And so yes. certainly I would... Uh, guess and i'm not going to lead the witness here but you certainly don't (laughs) hate being in the wilderness anymore or maybe you didn't ever but what have you found now that trip many trips later that the wilderness is kind of this equalizer or this great place of revelation about ourselves or different Mm -hmm. things is there something that you feel like every time you go back that you come back to or is each trip different like what do you feel like is it for you that kind of draws you back or excites you to go back into the wilderness Ooh, lots of layers to that. The common thread to this day, when I take the metaphorical leap to do something, I have yet to do something where I don't feel terrified. Every single trip I have taken since then, I am so scared something's going to go wrong. And you know what? It will. It's not going to go as planned. Um, It might be something small. It might be something big. You may get stopped in the airport for whatever reason. Like, it's going to happen and it's going to be okay. And quite frankly, I've found a lot of peace in those times where it doesn't work out or those chance encounters. Um, The people I didn't expect to meet or, you know, happenstance on an airplane. I've gotten a lot more out of that than not. And if I had waited until I wasn't terrified to do things, I would still be the person I was 2019, 2020. Um, But that feeling doesn't go away. I think it holds back a lot of people from doing things. And if they just knew, you know, do it scared, (laughs) it's going to be worth it. It's going to be so scary, but that's what makes it worth it. So um, that's the biggest common thread. For you personally, so you talk about being scared, being terrified, Mm -hmm. and kind of the thrill or the excitement of that. 
have you found for you personally that you you're always having to kind of one up the Annie to get to that feeling or has it just been just in general going out into the wilderness or into the unknown that regardless of if it's, Hey, we're just going to go camping for a night or mm-hmm. we're going to go camping for a week. Like do those things show up for you internally on the same scale or, or, or have you felt the need or been pressured to always want to like, what's the next biggest thing I can do? Great question. Because as soon as you start doing things that you're not supposed to do, people constantly ask you what's next. And you're like, I don't know. What have you done with your life? You know, <laughs> um, but I don't feel that way anymore when I ask, get asked that question. Um, I played sports all my life. Um, I, I, I've fallen to being a competitive person. I am a high achiever. Um, I like to check the box. I have a full-on bucket list that's several pages long, and I have every intention of unlearning the things that made me put them on paper and reevaluate if it's like in my heart and with love for the reason why they're on the paper. So um, with all that being said, yes, that was a driving force early on. Um, But the biggest reason I've continued, especially the past couple years, is I always find something I learn about myself. Um, And I, I also believe that you can't have something, whether it's like materialistic or a trait, without seeing it first. Um. I'm trying to think of examples. I've had amazing mentors in my life. Like I wouldn't have the job I have today if I hadn't seen someone do an amazing job at it first. And once I saw it and touched it in a way, it's, wow, I could do that too. Um, So it's more out of wonder and want to learn more about myself than any type of competitiveness anymore. Um, Though that was how I started, admittedly. Have you found that it's a one-for-one trade on the more intense or the more scared or the more, in air quotes, big the adventure or the trip is, the more you learn? Or have you found that learning things about yourself, and again, I'm I'm not trying to, it probably sounds like I'm setting up like one route is better than (laughs) the other, you're supposed to answer a certain way, but, or have you found that learning things for you personally about yourself can come whatever the trip? That too has changed. I mean, to be a Kansas girl and be able to put my own two eyes on Everest, that was a pretty big moment. I I should not have been there. And the amount of dominoes that had to fall for me to get to that place and like stare at it, like I could cry over it. (laughs) So the big moments are important and impactful and understanding what you're capable of. Um, But the older I've gotten and the more I've done, the more I realize it's always the people you do it with. You can sit on top of a mountain, you can do all types of things by yourself, but uh, a airplane seat feels pretty lonely when you're not sharing that time with someone. Um, So I'm trying to think the most recent trip I did, I went out to Colorado with my family and my nephew learned how to ski and uh, a lot of really great conversations that happened. And, I am now looking forward to that trip, the fear of who am I and my family now? Like I've changed and grown. Like, what does that look and feel like? That's a completely different fear than I'm nervous. I'm going to get stopped in airport because I don't have the right paperwork, you know, but it, it, but the fear is different. It's different due to the circumstance. Um, it's not a one upping anymore. It's, it's definitely the latter of what you're saying now. How have you been able to, or not been able to, 
managed some of these expectations or hopes or dreams, and maybe I'm uh, inserting a little bit of my own uh, weaknesses into the <laughs> growing and battling of like having way too high of expectations for myself or how I'm supposed to feel about something. Like I should be in awe of Everest when I see it, but then I show up and I'm not. And Mm -hmm. then I feel like somehow something's wrong with me Mm -hmm. because I'm supposed to feel this way. Like you talked about being, you know, just this girl from Kansas. Mm -hmm. So has that ever impacted you at all? Again, try not to lead the witness here Mm because you say absolutely not. But I just wonder of someone who, you know, my next question is going to, we're going to kind of stay, take a step back, but someone who maybe, hasn't lived this adventurous life her whole life or is really stepping into who like she's been created to be this whole time. And so I just wonder of how have you been able to manage those expectations as you kind of go from one adventure to the next, or has it been learning to find beauty or excitement in little things other than the actual thing, which I, mm-hmm. I that was one of the things I just took away from what you shared of it's not about the thing, it's about the people and mm-hmm. the thing gets us to have the, the adventure gets people to lean in together, but it's yeah. about the people. So like how have like what's been your journey with those expectations? Like, have you had expectations? Have you even had that thought mm-hmm. again? Cause I'm not trying to put words in your mouth. Great question. I was 25 and I was feeling stuck in a lot of parts of my life. And I was trying to understand how to enjoy the journey. I was trying to understand what I even wanted and uh, I was listening to a podcast. It was Oprah Super Soul Sunday podcast. <laughs> um, and I think her and Deepak Chopra were talking about joy. And I was like, you know what? I'm going to write down a list of all the things that bring me joy. And so uh, I was definitely over my lunch break, walking on a path. I went back to my car, got out my notepad, was going to write down the things that brought me joy. And I couldn't write a thing. I was like, oh, that hurts. I'm going to come back tomorrow and try to write down something that brings me joy. Couldn't do it again. And I mean, it was probably a week or two weeks or maybe even a month. It wasn't a month, but a few weeks before I was like, you know what? Being outdoors, tried and true since I've been little brings me joy. Um, And eventually over time, I had about 10 things. They really haven't changed too much um, that I try. Honestly, to pull myself out of the rut, I tried to do one thing on that joy list once a day. That was it. That was all I could manage. If I want to be outside rather than going out to eat with coworkers or going to a happy hour, I'm going to go outside and walk. I like deep conversations. I'm going to get myself in, in situations where I can have deep conversations, you know, and go deeper than the weather. So um, that became a guidepost for me since 2019, 2020. Um, you know, things are pretty dire. You had to find the light anywhere you could. So that's my guiding cursor. And through that, through, um, experiences or traveling or races, I am constantly finding the joy. So it's 4:30 AM. I have to go run 18 miles. It's January, but if I don't do this long run, I'm not gonna be prepared for the marathon or the ultra. Okay. Where's the joy here? Okay, I like deep conversations. Two of my best friends are about to show up. They're keeping me accountable. I love achieving goals. That's on my joy list. I love helping other people achieve goals. That's on my joy list. That checks two boxes. You know, I'm going to be outdoors. We're going to be running on a country road and laughing and sharing stories. So through that, carrying that into all my experiences now, I find those like one of those 10 items in every single thing I do. And then before I know, I'm enjoying the journey, not just the destination. I love getting the chance to sit down and have amazing conversations with people like you who are clearly 
super passionate about life, about joy, about finding meaning in every day, about adventure, about, um, you know, always planning the next greatest thing. Um, but what I have found, and again, maybe you are the unicorn. Um, so I, I leave space for that, for you to claim that, but typically people, uh, myself included that are super passionate about certain things have gone through some sort of uh, an awakening, some sort of a huge disappointment in their life, whether it was growing up in their childhood, whether it was, um, you know, a, a really tough addiction or a painful relationship or simply getting everything that they thought they wanted in life and then realizing that they were still empty inside that typically has been the catalyst for them to become this super passionate, uh, you know, truly fully aligned body, mind, spirit type individual that I really sense like you are today. So uh, again, however much you do or don't want to share, but what was it for you that got you to this point of always doing adventures, of doing bucket lists, of finding joy? Was it listening to other podcasts and just trying different things that other people had suggested you do? Was it truly a bottoming out point where you just realized like, hey, like, this stuff isn't for me. There has to be more to life. Like what was that catalyst for getting uh, Kelly to the, the amazing woman that she is today that truly is living life to the fullest? Honest answer, I've had my time where I've gone dark. I firmly believe that in order to feel a certain emotion, you have to have felt the complete opposite. I am like, you know, hello, darkness, my own, <laughs> hello, darkness, my old friend. Uh, I have had my years of absolutely nothing. Um, I have been the person who has coped by sitting on the couch and numbing with just another episode, just another episode and watching other people live their life or, you know, the doom scroll. Um, I, I mean, I've, I've coped with eating copious amounts of food and ordering the pizza, you know, I'm, my vice is drinking, you know, over the years, I have found certain avenues to cope with whatever darkness I am facing. And at moments, you know, you're just like, well, this is my life. This is it. And you have to make the choice of, yeah, it could be your life. That could be it. You could just feel stuck the rest of your life or you can get up and walk down the street or you can make the choice to use this as fuel. You know, it, this could be an amazing comeback story. <laughs> this could be for the plot by all means. Um, but yeah, I've, I've, uh, had various things throughout the years. Um, whether it's, it's myself, whether it's relationships, um, you know, friends, romantic, just different things that have happened or haven't turned out the way I thought they would. Um, it hurts and it's okay. I've learned it's okay to feel feelings and having a relationship with feeling the extremes, whether it is dark, it also allows you to feel the deep sense of joy. I obviously was very out of tune with any type of joy at the time. I was like, what is this concept? And how do I even figure that out? It took me going back to my childhood and thinking, oh, wow. I loved going out and playing capture the flag until dark with all of the neighborhood kids. Like, why did that specific memory come up when I thought like freedom and joy? Like, what what is to that? Well, you know, what's that deep love that I felt at that point? Oh, Okay. 
So it, it took me, yeah, going into that valley to get to somewhat of a peak. I mean, I'm still figuring it out. <laughs> hey, anyone that has said they've all got it figured out, I am truly immediately super suspicious, red flag, always locking the door behind me type suspicious. So uh, no harm, no foul there. But the next thing I want to ask you is, with all this amazing busyness and to-do lists and trips and dream boards and all these amazing things that you've been able to accomplish, uh, again, I don't want to project this onto you, so maybe I'm just speaking from my own personal experience, so feel free to say like, hey, like this isn't me, but how have you been able to balance always being busy with prioritizing things that are productive, things that truly excite your soul, fulfill your heart, and not allowing kind of this spirit of busyness to truly just be the entertainment to get you through the day or kind of the carrot uh, in front of the horse, metaphorically speaking, of not really being able to heal or or feel emotions, but simply just pull you through every, you know, week by week, month by month, day by day, year by year, and and all you're ever doing is just keeping yourself busy. So how have you been able to kind of balance all these amazing trips and goals and ensure that they are truly what uh, your heart desires rather than allowing you to simply uh, run away from things that you don't desire or you don't want to feel or you don't want to work through. And again, totally not trying to project this on you. If you're not sure, don't ask everyone you know. I'm very capable of that. Like I am very, very good at asking at all of my family and all of my friends, should I buy this car? Should I you know, do X, Y, Z? If you get still, the answer is within you. If you get still and nothing comes, then maybe you should meditate on it. Maybe you should pray on it. But get still and listen. Listen. If I'm still like, I don't know, Kelly, what is happening? Then I will sit with, um, you know, say a bucket list item. A race, you know, a hundred mile race. Yeah, it's on my mind. I would love to achieve that. Okay, let's sit with it. And the question that I would ask is, is this out of love or is this out of fear? Am I running towards something? Am I running away from something? And with the combination of probably of those three things, those two questions and getting still and listening, an answer always comes. And honestly, in your gut, you know. You know, like you might not want to face it, but you know that if you're traveling as much as you are, you, for, for whatever reason, you're running away from something and you probably need to sit with the fact why you don't have home yet and define what home means to you. That's where I'm at. <laughs> I, I found that I was constantly running away from things and I was always trying to do a little more good or a little more excitement than the darkness I was feeling yep. and I never addressed it. Mm-hmm. To the point where, again, I you know I worked with this counselor for this ninety day challenge, and I had realized that I had never even mourned the loss of a friend that I had in college mm. from ten years ago, mm. because I was so shut off to everything that was bad and just kind of kept cramming down, yes. cramming down my soul, cramming down my heart, mm-hmm. cramming down my head. That I actually cried over this person like ten years later because yeah. I realized I literally had never actually allowed myself to feel that and just used alcohol and trips yep. and achievements and job promotions and money and girls and clubbing and blah blah blah. Yeah, I was just always this. I gotta just have my one little excitement more so it'll get me forget about the last memory that yes. I had that was bad. What do you feel like is the meaning of life for you? I think my answer to that has changed so much over the years. 
specifically this last year, I've said yes to a lot of things that still to this day I feel selfish about. I feel guilty that I've been able to do these things. Um, And being able to unlearn all the things that I thought I was and become this person that I want to be and feeling that feeling of, you know, who I am, who I want to be, and the person I say I am is all in alignment and feeling joy in that and the deep connection with people who are similar to me and like truly me, not what society tells me I should be, to feel that connection and to be at that place and feel okay enough as a, honestly, as a woman too, to shine and say, I'm okay taking up space. I'm okay saying, you know what, <laughs> this is where I'm at and it, it is what it is and I'm doing the best I can and I'm, I'm taking on these things and allowing for that. I've been shocked by the people who've approached me and said it gave them an avenue to do it themselves. I wasn't prepared for that. I didn't expect that. I feel like I really don't share too much <laughs> as it is, but um, as far as maybe this last year, I think that was a purpose I didn't expect um, to have people near and far reach out and say, hey, when you when you say that or you share that, and I'm from Kansas too, then I know that's possible for me. You know, I've had all these amazing people and mentors and friends and family members do that for me. It feels good to know I could have done that for someone else. I genuinely used to ask people like for permission of like, can I do this trip? Can I buy this car? Whatever. Because I actually didn't believe I was worthy of something good. Like all I knew was bad and trauma and chaos and stuff. And so it was like, it felt so foreign as if I was like, I don't know, as like I was a little kid visiting a friend's house and, and seeing something in the pantry that I wanted and knowing I had to ask permission rather than being like, this is your life. This is your money. You're an adult. And like you can yes. just do it. And like, it, it just really rocked me. So again, not to put words in your mouth, but did you ever feel like you struggled with that? Or was that part of your permission asking of holding you back from feeling like I'm not worthy of seeing this mountain or doing this adventure? And if so, like, how did you overcome it or still working through that? Not only did I tell myself that I had people in my life at the time had told me that that was hard to sit with. I mean, honestly, like my dad to this point, <laughs> like, that's an awful idea. Why would you go there? Like, come on, Kelly. <laughs> so, uh, you do get feedback. Um, what you have to analyze is again, where is it coming from within you? Take people who you care about their advice. Um, take it in, especially if there's someone you trust and respect and also know who you are and surround yourself with like beautiful, powerful, um, loving people as well. All these adventures, especially the crazy ones, especially ones I'm most terrified with. I have a group of friends and, and some of my family members too, who are like, yes, I don't care. Yes, you are going to the middle of the woods and you will figure it out and you have learned so much. Like, trust yourself, show up as yourself. Don't be anything but yourself. It will all work out. And uh, if it weren't for them, I 
I wouldn't have done these things. I wouldn't have. It's it's all about your support system. And like, I feel so indebted to them <laughs> for that. So one of the things you just said there that I really want to ask you as a follow-up question to kind of a, a previous Q&A we've had on this episode so far of this idea of permission of, I think one of the true marks and hardest part of really growing up and kind of stepping into your own identity is actually learning to trust your own inner voice. And for me, that was really hard coming from a very structured uh, mom and dad or your superhero, uh, your, you know, your pastor, whatever the pastor says is that's the way it is um, kind of type of environment of learning to break out of that, obviously respectfully, humbly honoring. Uh, and, and when things are, are true, because at the end of the day, your parents, your pastors, uh, you know, your bosses, whoever are all just humans like us. So certainly not everyone's perfect and get everything's right. But that tension for me has been one of the hardest parts and most critical parts of growing into, you know, being a man uh, for myself and growing to love my own identity and love myself of learning to listen to that inner voice. Because whether it's, you know, someone I've listened to on a podcast, a best friend, a family member, again, maybe like a pastor or people that kind of have these uh, that we allow to have authority into our life and speak into certain decisions of that has been the biggest tension for me lately in the past couple of years of people that I respect and admire of obviously lovingly hearing them, listening what they have to say, but being like, man, I'm so disappointed that I can see you're speaking from a, a previous hurt or a previous place of disappointment or something, you know, this thing that I'm trying to pursue didn't work out for you in your life. And so you're really trying to discourage me. And really, I'm starting to doubt, like, do you really have my best interest at heart? Or are you only speaking from your own experience? So again, not to put words in your mouth or, or speak, but I'm really curious of on this idea of permission, like how have you ever had to um, find that tension or that balance between learning to trust, you know, your inner voice of what you're feeling inside and go against potentially, uh, you know, someone that you've allowed to speak into your life that has a lot of um, character, has a lot of uh, meaningful words to say to you and learning to trust that inner voice as it relates to kind of permission and goal setting. I'm really curious. I feel like I could go so many different directions with this, with so many different years and so many different people. Um, so as far as my parents go, they, they gave me the lift that I wouldn't have had and the values I wouldn't have had to get to where I'm at. So it, I, I love everything I've learned from them, but you're right. As humans, we don't, it's not like, okay, you turned 18 now figure everything out. Like they're still filled with wisdom to this day. And I still will run things past them to this day. And, uh, I think when you get older, you have to evaluate who you go to for what and who you respect. Um, at certain points in my life, just, I mean, even friendship wise, I think I took on everyone's opinion. I took on society's opinion of who I needed to be. And I knew who that person was. I was the friendly chameleon, like people pleaser, all of the things. And at a certain point you have to say, this is one of my, this is my person. This is one of my best friends. I value what she has to say and where she comes from. If I have a type of issue here and there, let's talk through it. Let's go for a drive for a while, you know? And, uh, for me, I don't think you should ever put weight on one person's opinion. And like you noted and kind of were alluding to at the end, when you start to trust yourself, you naturally start seeing other people's opinions kind of for what they are. 
And then there's like a process that happens that I think only over time and only as you grow as a person that you can piece it together and dissect it at the same time. I don't know how that's possible, but you boil down to, okay, this is what I believe. And I know my mom is a free spirit. And if I'm going to go to Ireland for a road trip and not plan anything, like she is in and we'll have a blast. I also know my dad like is a homebody. I even got him a t-shirt that says, not everything has to be epic because that's what he always tells me. And they're both right in their own way. And when I ask them a specific question, I can probably guess what they're going to say. Um, not to say I'm not going to ask for their opinion in certain things, but I have to trust myself enough to know if I'm coming from a place of love, this is the decision I have made and I might disappoint people, but I'm okay with that because this is my path. And if it's out of love, like it, it can't be wrong. So that's my cursor. I'm still navigating it for sure. Um, I'm still leaning into it, but that's the one thing I've found over the years to be true. Yeah. I love that you bring up the point about two things can be true. Mm-hmm. I've really been convicted with that. I would say over the last four or five years, you can, it's okay to be in this dichotomy of two opposite things pulling together. Yes. You can have an average day and you can be playing to go see yes. Kilimanjaro. Yes. And both things can be, make you happy. Yes. It doesn't even have to make you happy, but just to feel any type of emotion, that's okay. I've had to unlearn that there's bad emotions because then I'm shutting everything off if I don't feel it. Um, Alexi Pappas, she's an Olympian. She mentioned that a coach of hers said the rule of thirds. And it's a third of the time you're going to show up for practice and it's going to feel great. You're going to love it. You're going to be like, this is why I do what I do. A third of the time, you're going to show up and say, this was awful. You know, I just, I have shin sprints. I, I feel awful. Like, I, I don't know why I'm an athlete. Why am I here? And a third of the time, it's going to be, you know, somewhere in the middle. It is what it is. I put in the work. We can move on. And I've applied that to my life. And it's true. In hindsight, for the most part, if you're trying to get something done, it's probably going to be one of the thirds. It's not always going to be rainbows and sunshine. But it, you also don't have to crawl into a hole and sit in the shower and <laughs> let it wash over you all the time either. There's a good balance and it's healthy to have all of the, the different range of emotions. When you cross 30, or it sounded like, because I already know the answer to this, but when you hit 31, I struggled with this. 99% of people listening to this struggled with this. They're 30, 31 could be 40, 50, 20. Mm-hmm. For whatever reason it is about these decades, there's this like really yes. big, and maybe it's just a me problem, but these like really big check-in points that I've made up for myself, society's made up. How did you deal with the reality of going through this gate or this check-in point and missing some things on your mm-hmm. performance report that were important to you? Of how do you live in that tension again of, also not spiraling of, yes. well, I guess it's time to go plan five trips because now yes. I got to, <laughs> Not know. that I didn't do that. Like, <laughs> oh, let's be honest. <laughs> um, no. Uh, yeah. I, I mean, we talked. I'm, I just turned 31. I would love to have a family. I would love to find a home. I think I'm on the right path for it. I've had to honestly write down what I thought society or specific people have wanted out of me traits, characteristics, all of the above and say, okay, is that in alignment with me or not? 
Because if not, I'm letting it go. Write down all the things you're concerned with. Cross out all the things that you can't control and focus on the things you can control. That's the best help I've gotten. Am I in alignment with what I have now? Am I in pursuit of the person I want to become? And that is my cursor. I'm only competing with myself. In some way, it puts me at peace. I know it will come in time. In some weird way, I'm I'm very okay with it. Like, I, I feel good about it. Um, but yeah, I think there is a grieving process of having this benchmark, this thing you achieve, the ladder that you climb. I've done all of those things. I've, you know, gotten everything I thought I wanted. And you find that like the bucket is empty. It's hollow. What matters is the deep connection and whether or not you're in alignment with who you want to be. I think there's something about 30 because it, it feels like, which isn't true. Yeah. Uh, maybe. I mean, all of us have our own time on the clock. Yeah. But 30 feels like this like middle of the road check-in. Yes. Which is funny because it shouldn't. I actually thought about right? this. I was like, imagine if I had 30 more years of knowing what I know now. Like, So I, I don't know why that is, but I just feel like 30, or at least as a young person, it feels like this halfway. It's like half time of like, yes. like it's all downhill from here. And it's yes. like, that's yes. not true. Yeah. I think something that's also kind of level set helped me level set with myself is I look at the people who had gotten everything society would think you'd want by 30 and I see them at 50 and 60 and think, are they happy? I mean, a lot of people are, they really are. There's a lot of people who are still stuck in the place I was at at 25. And I'm really proud that I didn't wait till I retired. I'm really proud. I didn't wait till I had a quarter or a, a full-on 50 crisis where I have to buy the specific car. Like, I'm really thankful I'm having this at 30 and evaluating so that I don't miss out on life. Like, I, I am living and I have created beautiful things and communities and friendships. And I'm, I'm really, really proud of that. I'm glad I'm not... I don't, I don't see how if I continue to live life the way I am that I'll be lonely um at 84 I most recently um I took six months lived out in Washington with one of my friend's aunts she was 84 and uh she had a zest for life that you couldn't imagine like she was washing her own car on Saturdays her and I I'd have like my auntie pat time we'd go on our like 10 plus mile bike rides and like up a mountain. It was no joke. Like I've done some races and, and she knew the secret to life. And we did a lot of talking about what matters at that point. Um, I guess this is all coming to me now, but to be 30 and to be with someone, um, she never married. She had multiple offers and suitors along the way. Let's be honest. Like auntie Pat was a catch. Um, but she was very frank about things and open and direct and honest and wanted to share as much as she could. So it was good um, to hear that and think about who do I want to be when I'm 84 and just be that now. So if someone's listening to this today and they're like, man, I, I feel convicted about convicted, inspired, whatever you want to use of what Kelly's sharing of like, I know I need to make a change. Like, what is your advice? Like, what is your starting point? And I know it's a loaded question because I think everybody has a different starting point, but I only ask this because I feel like 
and again, maybe it's just N equals one here. Maybe this was just a me problem, but I feel like even when I was at rock bottom, I knew I needed to change the gap between where I was and where I wanted to be was debilitating. Like I, I equate it to this idea of like, of being like the worst physical shape of your life and knowing how much it's going to suck to go outside and run or walk or do anything. And I think so many people, more than 51% of people choose to just stay where they are because the pain that it's going to require just to get back to break even, right? Not even necessarily where they want to be. So like, what advice would you give to someone who's listening to this and knows they, knows they need to make a change, want to make a change. They're inspired by what you're saying but like doesn't even know where to start. Like, how do I even, and, and again, maybe that's me putting on a previous version of myself, but it was so overwhelming of like, I don't even know where to start. Yes. Like everything's in shambles. Like there's yes. not one piece of my life that I'm like, I'm doing a plus at it. And so yes. it's like, how do I prioritize? Like, where do I even start? Like, what do I even do? Like, yes. Is it just waking up at 5 a.m.? Like, where, where do you start? Yeah. I have about five things. I'm trying to boil it down a little bit that I do. Number one, start your joy list. I could speak on this in depth and how much it changed my life when I couldn't get through a day. Make a list of five to 10 things that brings you joy. And if you don't know what that is, in your gut makes you feel alive and free and do one of those things a day. That'd be number one. Number two is ignore what society or people want of you. What do you want in your heart? What do you feel called to do? And write a list of that, not in a shaming way, not in a way that you're not there yet, but in a way of, wow, I love to cook. I would love to meet Bobby Filet someday. You know, what are these ridiculous things that you want to do and why? And why would you want to do it and make that list? And then what you got to do is marry the two. Okay, you want to run 100 miles. Okay, how many things on this joy list could you apply in achieving that goal. And like we both know, you break it down into the smallest factor possible. And it might take an hour of your time to do this, but like you got to focus on those two lists first. And then in an hour, think, okay, I don't know, what's, what is an extreme thought that you have? What is, what's something you would add to your list? Oh, you're asking me? Yeah. Oh, um, I, you know, I've always wanted to do an Ironman. Ooh, okay. Okay. Yeah. I, I even like, uh, was training for one and then ended up getting like a heel spur. Oh gosh, that would hurt. This idea of hundred plus miles, you Mm -hmm. know, most people like train their whole life. Their bucket list is just to run a marathon. Well, a marathon is just one third of this race. Mm -hmm. So that's, that's, that's what I would put. So yeah, you reverse engineer it. So this is a huge goal. Let's not downplay that. Yeah. Like that's a big undertaking. Do I think you're capable of it? Heck yeah. Heck yeah. So then it's, well, have you ever run a marathon? No? Okay. Well, that's square one. Let's run a marathon. Okay. What do I need to do to run a marathon? Well, I probably need to work up to 20 miles at some point. I probably should come up with a plan. Okay. Let me talk to some people who have come up with a plan who have done this successfully. All right. I could do that maybe in the next month. Okay. Let's take a step back. Where am I at? Do I feel like I could go out and jog three miles? No? Okay. Let's sign up for a 5K. Can you walk three miles? No? Okay. Let's back it off a little bit. You have to find your own starting point. That is the most crucial thing in any endeavor I've ever taken on. 
Where am I at today? And how can I reverse engineer this so that it's not so daunting? And I set realistic checkpoints for myself. And I personally check in every single month. So that was the last thing I would say is your joy list, your extreme, piece it together, break it down, chunk it up. And every month assess what did I do over the last four weeks? What did I do each day? And if you're someone who needs, who is a list person like me and you need to track, I personally, every single day, write little circles on a notepad. I said, did I drink water today? Did I move today? Did I get still today? Did I do X, Y, Z? Because I know while they're small, tiny things, I know they amount to this ultimate goal of maybe 100 miles at some point that I want to do. But if you want to play hockey someday and you can't ice skate, a pretty good place to start you know see if you can go around once without falling that's your starting line and so you have to get really real with yourself real with yourself and where you at today and then the rest is easy and I think sometimes people don't want to face that or they're scared to acknowledge it but it's a really beautiful thing to accept like I love myself where I'm at today I'm pretty awesome And this is going to be scary and it's going to be new and it's going to be the unknown, but I can handle it. Surround yourself with people who support you and and you'll be unstoppable. How have you, as you continue to have all these wins, these W's in the column of doing all these things, like at what point is enough for you? Or is it this constant always doing things? And I only ask that because I love all the things you're doing. Have you thought about that? Like as you get older or is it just again, this lifestyle for you of choosing things in love that bring you joy, things you've talked about that Mm -hmm. then that mountain becomes having a meaningful conversation with the bagger at the grocery store or something. Have you just thought about like the scalability of that mindset? And I only say that again, not to put parameters on you. I know I'm like super rambling. No, it's good. But I think that is the danger or the dark side that I've experienced personally. And that's why I'm asking this question of, again, hating myself into being the person I think I want to be living this life that's built on. I've done so much bad. So I have to do so much good to counteract that and realizing that's also not healthy. Mm -hmm. And then chasing all these things that I continue like, I'll be happy when I have $10,000 of bank account, when I drive this kind of car, when I have Mm -hmm. this kind of title on my business. And it it just always scales because it's never enough. There's always, you know, I thought it was 10,000. Well, now I have 10,000 now. Maybe it's 20 or maybe it's 30. And so just people never, they never actually find happiness. It's yeah. always just this thing that they summit the mountain and then it's like, dang. Yeah. What now? What next? Right. So have you, have you felt like, what's that end goal for you look like? It's a great question. I think the, the hate for me and what you're saying, the hollowness for me correlates with me disappointing myself or not holding my own promises to myself. So if I make this extreme goal based on external factors, not from within, so that's the first key thing. If it's from within, I'm okay working to achieve it. If it's truly from the core of me, I'm okay with that. Now I've realized that's probably a 10th of what I've been doing. So this year, I'm definitely dialing a ton back for that reason. But secondly, 
in order not to hate myself, I've realized that I am very capable of achieving things that I, even smaller things that I put out there. But when I instead focus on things like for this month, I'm going to spend one minute dancing by myself like no one's watching. It brings a completely different energy than finishing a race. Yet, I'm still keeping a promise to myself that I wouldn't break to another friend or family member. So those two items, getting still working from within on what it is you want to do. If it's not from within, ask yourself why and what is it you're trying to gain from that experience. And then secondly, I guess that second piece of boil it down to the bare bones and like when it's the bare bones like go down to the femur like even smaller and smaller and don't sign yourself up for things when you're gonna breach that own contract with yourself because you're set up to hate yourself then all you want to do is prove yourself right so if it, it means for 30 seconds a day or 30 seconds a month, I'm going to spend on X, Y, Z. And that's the only promise I can make to myself. Then make it that small. What role both positive and negative, And also what are the dangers of being in a social media first world of also planning, finding your identity, planning these adventures, doing these things play. Cause I think you do a great job of like, putting yourself out there on social mm-hmm. of what you're working on or what your dreams are, or what your to-do lists are for the month or things like that. Like, so how, how have you struggled or how have you been able to find that balance of not letting so many opinions from so many people or negativity mm-hmm. or copycat syndrome of watching someone else and then, you know, putting that on yourself. Like, how have you been able to kind of find your own voice and own identity in this world that's so filled with, I would imagine everything you're doing is so quote Instagrammable. Like how have you not fallen into, or have you fallen into that trap of, again, I'm saying this is maybe N equals one, but I've done crazy things in my life previously, like crazy feats Mm -hmm. only because ultimately I want to post about it and get all Mm -hmm. the affirmation from Mm -hmm. the likes, the whoever's. Uh, I did not have Instagram or I guess in college I did, but I used Instagram just to like edit my photos. (laughs) Um, but I didn't get it till 2019 and I'm really thankful for that. Um, and when I did that, I was in a darker place and I needed to feel connected to something. So I think for me, social media, I use as a venue to better understand myself and bring in positivity and at any point if it's not doing those things or the content I am consuming doesn't help me or better me in some way or help the people I love I'm out I'm very okay I offload the app all the time like I'm very okay with it now uh I took a year after ending a long-term relationship six months to a year of being by myself and trying to like walk at sunset And I've always been someone who wants to capture things. Even when you have like the old school, like, yeah, wind up (laughs) camera. I've always been that person in the friend group or whatnot who wants to document things, whether I do something with it or not is what it is. So I'm always like seeing little moments like the sun coming through the wind um, or sorry, the sun coming through the trees and seeing the beauty in the small moments. Do I post everything? No, there's a ton of trips I haven't posted to Instagram 
I never feel the need to post in the moment. If I post, usually like I'm back home at that point or um, I'm, I'm away from the situation. If I'm ever doing something purely for the Instagrammable moment, like that's the moment I delete it. Um, I've been in beautiful situations because amazing people asked me to be there or I took the initiative and said, I want to do this thing. It just so happens that that's cool on Instagram right now. Um, the moment I'm doing something for other people, I'm completely out of alignment with what I'm trying to do for myself. Um, I think sometimes people just need to be honest about these small things that they do and how silly they look when they can't do a, a headstand. So when I was by myself in an apartment and not talking to anyone for days because I work from home and I was doing a minute of headstands, like why not? show people how awful I am and like I've never been a coordinated person I've never been flexible but dang it I did the splits so I'm I'm okay like making a goof of myself um but I don't know like maybe at some point I'll delete it and I think I guess through all of it like I'm very aware I'm, I'm nobody from Kansas I have, I have no need to have my name anywhere like I uh yeah I I feel grounded who I am and the beautiful people in my life like um, if it was gone tomorrow, I'd be completely okay with it. One of the things you brought up at the very beginning of this episode that's really kind of stood out to me and I wanted to come back and ask you a question about to kind of wrap up this whole episode today is you really kind of talked about how though these uh, adventures or to-do lists or dreams that you have are really important to you, it's really been kind of the avenue in which you've been able to kind of build this community of other people around you, uh, you know, essentially again, paraphrasing, you kind of talked about how, you know, the adventures, the mountains, the things are, are important, but really it's more about the people that you're doing them with. So I wanted to ask you, you know, now being in 2024 on the other side of 2020, the thing that really concerns me the most about society today is that I feel like there is this air of, I would rather just do things alone. I'm better off without being around people. Let me just go live under my rock while the whole world collapses. Um, you know, I get to do what I want when I want to, and I just stick together. But there's kind of that old saying that always sticks with me, and that's that, you know, if you want to go far, go together, but if you want to go fast, go alone. So how have you been able to really kind of cultivate this spirit of togetherness, of community, of kind of pushing against the status quo of everyone else's kind of you know, wanting to work at home rather than the office around people and, and kind of be super siloed to themselves and continue to dream these dreams and, and plan these adventures with the idea that you're going to bring a ton of people with you and get to experience that. What, what can we learn from you? I thought I was an extrovert going into COVID and I left being like, I am a big introvert. I truly am. Like I, I, yeah, like if I'm out in public, I want to go deep immediately. Like, let's cut to the chase. Like, what can we do to better ourselves, et cetera, et cetera. Um, I also have experienced having a life shift, leaving an apartment by myself, getting really comfortable laying on the couch and seeing a therapist virtually and watching the lights on the ceiling go and listening to my favorite songs and writing poems. Like I got really good at healing by myself. And the risk for me personally, I know you mentioned several that people, it goes through people's head, but like the risk for me of being around people is like, what if I'm triggered? If I identify as this healed person, like what if I hang out with, you know, say my family or whoever, and these things came up because then I'm not healed. But it's like, no, 
there's such beauty in the fact that I am this healed version of myself by myself and I'm confident in myself in certain ways. And the whole point of being with someone in a loving relationship, in a marriage, in a great friendship is like, you are going to surface these things that are tricky, but the whole point is like you love each other no matter what. So you love each other through that and you prove that you're still worthy of love even though you're triggered in a certain way. In fact, hey, let's sit down and talk about it and help each other heal from this. And like the feeling by myself of healing and growing was great. I needed that. I totally needed that. I need to learn more about myself. But the feeling I have when I can then share that with people or grow with people even if it's uncomfortable, it's it's so much more rewarding. And you're like, man, we as human beings are meant to be connected. There's a reason we live in cities. I, we're, I mean, physiologically, I mean, our, everything within our body, heart rate variability, you know, it, it gets better once we're all together and, and having deeper conversations and going there and expressing your gratitude and love towards other people. It's, it's, it's so rewarding, though scary, like the unknown it's so rewarding and it's worth it and I think it just takes you reminding yourself over and over especially when you don't want to and the more experiences you have that are fruitful the more you're gonna do it last question as you know you've been on the no more zero days podcast zero day being when you get nothing done towards your goal whether it's being the girl from Kansas and going to see Mount Everest whether it's doing an Ironman running race paying off debt, getting married, whatever that goal, uh, however cool or not cool by society standards it is, zero days we're getting nothing done towards that goal. So you really have already answered this question uh, in this conversation, and I loved it, but I'm going to ask you anyways because I ask everybody the same question. What advice would you give to someone who is struggling with that zero-day mentality of they are like, for whatever reason, getting nothing done? Again, what is that spark you could share that advice, those steps, I know you've already talked about, um, you know, whether that's generally or you want to put on a hat of speaking specifically to someone's situation or an older version of yourself, but what advice would you give? It's funny because I was just talking about this with my mom while hiking yesterday. And what I've boiled it down to, and I guess what I haven't shared already too is, um, anytime my mom and I call it all or nothing, anytime I've been all or nothing around something, there's something there that I haven't healed. So say specifically eating, if I'm being all or nothing about this, I need to get still and analyze what is the deeper thing happening here. Now that's scary. I think of it as like two doors. The first door is sitting down. And once you open that door, you can't unacknowledge the root cause. And then once you're there, you have to either decide like, do I do something about this or not? And once you open that second door, decide you want to do something about it, it's going to get really tricky and really hard and things are going to change and the people around you are going to be impacted and you're going to be impacted as well. So you have to decide like, do you want to change? Are you all or nothing if so, is it everything or is it this subset of this issue? If your relationship is all or nothing, is it the full on relationship? Like, am I staying or leaving or could it be you're not feeling emotionally 
satisfied? Could it be that you don't have any, you know, time spent with this person? Like there are 10 different buckets that doesn't make it all or nothing. Let's analyze those 10 different buckets. Maybe eight of the 10 you feel really good about. And then it gives you the pathway of, okay, I've gotten still. I know it's these two buckets. Like maybe I don't feel seen and heard by my partner. Well, let's sit down and talk about that. How could they show up for me? How could I show up for them and handle that specific bucket? So again, breaking it down. There's something behind that all or nothing mentality that you need to explore. It's whether or not you're willing to go there. And, and when you do, it's the best feeling in the world. So go it, do it. <laughs> it's worth it. 